Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. I am back on the same old Arsenal podcast. Can you come in, please, Greg? <laughs> you certainly can, mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant absolutely superb good evening good morning good afternoon wherever you may be welcome back to the same old arsenal podcast <laughs> oh dear we had it all planned but um obviously it went a little bit wrong but actually i think on, for people who are going to watch it back on youtube that might look um that might look quite good uh actually the first bit Good evening to you all in the chat box. How are you? Hope you're all well. Good evening to you all if you're watching us on Facebook and on Twitter. Hello to you if you're watching us on the catch-up. And, of course, a big hello to you if you're listening to us on audio. Well, lads. Well, well, well. What a game <laughs> at the weekend. Um, free nil down and back to 3-3. Free free. We'll talk about it. Dan, how are you, sir? Very good, mate. Um yeah, mental, mental weekend. Um, it was, wasn't it? I'll it. just, I'll just yeah. introduce everyone, and then we'll, we'll we'll go talking. Harry, how are you, mate? All good, mate. All good. Great to be back after a couple of weeks on the subs bench. Yeah, well, sure. Look, <laughs> you know, you you, you you do all these fancy ones and leave us out. So disciplinary know, reasons. Disciplinary. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Judges, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you very much. But I just want to know how you are after your uh, dancing escapades. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, you, 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 are you okay now? Like, you know, look like you, you, know, mean, you, you dropped the left know, testicle at one stage there. Like, you know, shorts were so tight. 
I think you should clean your glasses because some of the people you put up on Twitter that say look like me, I don't know where you get it from. Oh, come on, come on. Like, uh, I, want, I want in the chat, like, I've had people message me and go, is that Craig? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so if you actually seen the video, do you think it was Craig or not? I'd like to know. But I'm telling you, I, I, I've had loads of people go, was it Craig? Was it really him? I said yes. I said yes. <laughs> Trust me. I can't dance like that. Trust me. I shall not deny. But yes, it was him. So there you go. <laughs> and of course, everyone can see he's back after six months injury. No, it's... Uh, Graham, it's, how are you, sir? Not very well, mate. It's four months in the treatment room, Craig. Four months in the treatment room. Four That's months. long yeah, enough, though, isn't it? Yeah, and I've ticked another thing off my bucket list tonight, you know, like sort of like Grand Canyon, Sydney Harbour Bridge, and now I've been able to do good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> You're very, very good at it, I've got to say. Very, very good at it. Um... <laughs> The, the, the fabulous, uh, the fabulous five back together. Uh, I think someone said on Twitter. Thanks very much indeed. Just before we start, there's 168 of you there. If you could all press the like button for me, thank you very much. We're going for 500 again this evening. Thank you very much indeed. If you're watching on replay, hit it now. Thank you very much. We shall thank crack you, Karen. on. Thank you, Karen. Uh, Karen says she's seen the whole video. It does look like Craig, but is it? No, Karen. <laughs> not me. Is that right then? Um, listen, listen, if that was me, if that was me, there would have been something poking out the bottom of those siding shorts. Dan, <laughs> Very three rude. nil up, three nil, three nil down. Wishful thinking. Back to three, three. I got grief on Twitter yesterday for being pleased, um, being pleased about getting a draw. Was, was I silly to be pleased about getting a draw? <clears throat> no, when you're 3-0 down, Christ, everyone would have taken it, wouldn't they? 3-0 down, absolutely shambolic first half hour of football as far as I'm concerned. None of the players up for it. And do you know it's funny, Craig, is the last two games against Olympiacos in the second leg and the first half hour of that West Ham game, it was basically as if the players have thought, let's just get this season over with and start a new one, shall we? Because we don't care. And that's what mm-hmm. the players shown. And everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of the manager. Um, but I can't blame the manager for that for that performance in the first half hour. It was absolutely shambolic from every one of those players. And I think, you know, you can look at the first goal was a good shot from Lingard, but I'm not really sure why we're allowing him to shoot from there or, 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 or have that much space. I don't know what's going on for the second goal. And the third goal is shambolic in terms of marking as well. Um, I will say, though, the only thing I'll say about the manager is I am confused with some of his rotation, as he calls it. Um, I don't quite understand who deserves to play and who doesn't deserve to play anymore. Um, I see Callum Chambers play an absolutely superb game against Burnley and then get dropped. And then I see him come back in uh, after Cedric having a perf- performance of his life against uh, Spurs and North London Derby. I see Aubameyang be turn up late and then have an absolute shambolic game on Thursday night. And he comes straight into the team and Smith Rowe gets dropped after an unbelievable performance in the North London Derby. I'm so, so confused. We can't get any gel at the back because he swaps the partners at centre-back every game. We've got a different partnership going on. I'd just like to see some consistency and see something happen. The only positive I can think it may be is the players that he's not touching and he's keeping in the side every week are the players he's kind of happy with moving forward. And I think he's so either so confused or just doesn't really know what to do with the other positions because we've got three right-backs now. We've got like four or five centre-halves that keep playing and rotating. The only players he seems happy with are Granite Chaka and Thomas Party in the middle. Um, 
and Kieran Tierney at left back. Everywhere else, we seem different right wingers, different number tens, different left wingers. You know, and I just worry sometimes about the rotation of some of these players because it seems at the moment that if you have a good game, you ain't going to play next week. Because Cedric has a good game, gets dropped. Gabriel has a good game, gets dropped. Pepe's been brilliant every time he's played. Can't get in the first team. Smith-Rowe's now been dropped. I'm so confused by this. And I'd love to for the manager to actually explain what he's trying to do. Um, happy to see Martinelli. Um, love to see him get more minutes, mind you. But are we happy, Craig? Uh, yeah, because we have to be. That was a shambolic performance in the first half. And we have to take a point and move on because... Yeah, the funny thing was, I spoke to Lee earlier, and I thought we could have actually gone on and bloody won the game. Yeah, That's how man. crazy it was. Yeah, That's yeah. how crazy it was. So, absolute um, shambolic in the first um, 30 minutes. And then, obviously, good to see us play some brilliant football in the second half. But mm. just confusing, isn't it? It's just awful. Yeah, it, is. it just sounds yeah, like no. our season. Yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. Our season. Everything you've said there is absolutely spot on. I, I was the same. I mean, I was very confused about why Aubameyang was playing on the right wing. What, 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 what's yeah. going on here, like? What's you know, he's played on the left wing all his career for Arsenal and here he is now playing on the right wing. And then I hear something about that he put him on the right wing because we're defensively soft. So he puts a Bamiang on the right to cover the... Def- I mean, what? what? Well, I don't know. Harry, a lot of people giving Arteta grief for the first half, but by God, um, they'd have to eat their words for the second. Yeah, it's, um, I, for once I agree with a lot of what Dan said. Um, not all of it, not all of it, but, but a lot of it. Um, no, (laughs) no, he didn't, he never was, but no, it was, um, it was, uh, it was baffling to see them come out half asleep. I think a lot of the, the talk has been about, uh, fatigue and things like that, but ultimately, right. Fatigue should kick in later on in the game, right. You should be able to hit your level from the beginning and Arsenal just didn't do that. West Ham were quicker to every ball. They were sharper. They wanted it more. Um, I think that David Moyes would have looked at Arsenal, looked at the slow starts and and targeted that. I think that that was a deliberate thing from West Ham. They were so, so dominant in the early stages. And Arsenal just weren't at the races mentally. And I, going just touching on the rotation thing, I think it's very difficult for us to to make sense of the rotation because we're not on the training ground every day and we don't know how some of these players are recovering. Um, you know, somebody, somebody like Aubameyang, for example, yeah, he played on Thursday, but he didn't play in the North London derby. And I think that Mikel Arteta looks at minutes over a period of time rather than saying you didn't play last week, which means you're definitely going to play today or whatever. I think he, he looks at the bigger picture with that. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I just, for me, you, you've got to be delighted with the way that we fought back. You've got to be delighted with the fact that there was some character there to turn it around. Obviously, you're disappointed that the, the start was the way it was. But how can you ever not be pleased coming back from three goals mm. down? And, yeah, and yeah. Let's, let's also put it into context, right? And we were playing West Ham United, who traditionally we should be above and we should make light work of. But West Ham United have had an exceptional season. They're ahead of us in the Premier League table by quite some distance now. And and actually to go there and get a point would have been a respectable result anyway, let alone to do it after that nightmare start. So mm. I was disappointed yesterday and angry with the way we started. And I'm still a little bit angry because as the, the lads mentioned, we could have won the game. But ultimately, I think when you calm down and you look back at it, you just got to be delighted with the fact that we got out of there with a point and, yeah. and take the positives from it. Absolutely. Lee, um, such a strange game. I mean, I'm sitting here watching it at 3-0 and the missus has come in and gone, oh, 
Oh, okay. Um, oh, oh, okay, oh, I'm just going to go I'll back out you. into the garden. Yeah, just me on the sofa, somebody looking at the telly. But um, what a crazy game, Lee. Why were we so bad in the first half and so good in the second? What was yeah, all that about? This is the problems. This is the problems with Arsenal. The big, big problem with Arsenal. I think we've been given a good draw in the um, in the Europa League, and we should get to the final with the two teams we play. But you just cannot trust this team with the performances they put in. That first thirty minutes was absolutely abysmal. Mm. Abysmal. Like you know, I blame the manager for making too many changes. This rotation stuff is getting on my nerves a little bit now. Like you know, let's get it straight. Let's get it straight. Uh, Smith Rowe was dropped for a Bamiang. I don't care what anybody says or whatever. If he's got a slight injury, then he won't be going to England and playing from the under-21s in the next three or four days. But he will do. It is a load of old rubbish. Oh, we've got, you know, Harry turning around here and saying, oh, well, you know, about training and all that. Like, Well, Granite Shacker plays week in, week out, every 90 minutes, never gets rested. Never. So he must be on something low or he is Superman. It's as simple as that. And I can tell you that when he plays, I've not seen him in a cape. So at the end of the day, he's human. But he does not get rested. It's simple as that. You know, so... But Granit Xhaka doesn't have a history of breaking down with injury. No, no. So Uh, it's different. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. But if you still would be rotating, he keeps changing the right back every, every game for, for whatever reason. Um, stick with a right back you think is good enough. Never changes. When Tierney's fit, he plays. Simple as that. You know, I'm not. I'm not having it. I'm not having it about the rotation thing. The fact of the matter is, he was put in a hole on um, on um, Sunday because he put back a, a Bamiang, which he should never have done for that first game night yet, and he should never have done for that first game uh, on Thursday. He should have left him out again, but he played so so poorly. Right, it left him with a dilemma, and he had to, and, and he and he made the easy option by dropping Smith Rowe. And I don't care what anybody tells me about oh, if Smith Rowe he's got an injury problems, he's this and this and that. Like if that is the case, then pull him out of the under twenty ones. They're not going to do that. England are not going to turn around and say oh no, he's it that he will go to those games. And and I'm I'm, I'm the, the fact of the matter is that Smith Rowe. Has played since Christmas quite a lot of games. Been rotated, and when we go on to about rotation, let's get onto the sack. Let's get onto Saka. Got rotated against. Um, he got rotated. Uh, um, rot- uh, got rested against uh, Leicester. He then goes gets an injury. Since that, since he was uh, rested, he's been injured. His form has not been as good. So that's what I'm saying there. So I'm not having that. On the plus side. Before, like, you know, I'm not flip-flopping about anything at this moment in time. On the plus side, what you have to look at it was 3-0 was abysmal. But the comeback was what I thought was fantastic. And what I I did like about it, this is West Ham, fifth in the league, well-organised, well-drilled side. We opened them up on more than one occasion yesterday, like, with some really good slick football, football that I enjoyed watching. We was opening them up. The, the the one thing that we've got now, we've got Partey, who's not playing particularly well at the moment, but he is the one player that can get the ball through the lines into Odegaard. When he wasn't there, Odegaard was running around doing nothing. Now, I, I watched it again uh, today. He he He's the one that gets um, Odegaard into it with those little balls between the lines. We opened them up. Listen, we opened up Spurs on many occasions last week as well with 
we were a very, very good defensive unit. You know, that's their game defensively. So for me, um, that, 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 that's a that's a good thing, like you know what I mean. So and and, and people going on about like oh, Saka's in the red zone. Well, if Saka's in the red zone, why is he then? Why is he still playing? You know what I mean? Like he had one game rest and then come back. You don't come out of a zone unless you're on a fucking underground station after one game. You know what I mean? Like you don't do it like, you know, between zones. You have one game off. You have three or four games off. Don't start keep going on about this rotation like, you know what I mean? Because if that's the zone, well, I'm not having it. Saka, since he's been rested for one game, has been poor. Considering to what he was before that, he was absolutely outstanding. So I think you've got to be a little bit careful with this resting of, of all of, of all time. And then I've got to say this now: I think Chambers has played coming at right back. He's played really well two games. But will he play against Liverpool? Now me and Dan were talking about this earlier because um, he's probably going to be like uh, Salah or, or, or Armani, who are a little bit quicker and he could get exposed. But I thought that was a good move from Arteta yesterday, putting him in there. Uh, for his height and all that, and he never let the team down. I, and I'll tell you what, he hasn't let the team down in both games. So He was our best player yesterday. Uh, yeah, I thought Aldegaard was... was I thought he was, was man of the match. I've I, I got to say, Aldegaard yesterday just dragged the team, just dragged the team by the scruff of the neck and um, and, and, and just took hold of the game. And that's what we've been crying out for mm. for a very, very long time, someone doing that. But all in all, look, listen, people are going to go, oh, we could celebrate a free note. Look, we when you're three 0 down, you get it three three. You've got to get, you've got to look at the pluses as well as the minuses. And well, I and think, I think there's a massive space. difference between celebrating a draw and being happy with a draw. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I wasn't it's celebrating well, a draw. I've come away from it disappointed, as as, yeah. as, as we said, because yeah. I think we had more than enough chances to win the game. I know that they had a chance with Antonio, but after that first three minutes, uh, uh, first three goals, we we took the game to them. That's the disappointing thing. As soon as we went three 0 down. We was started all playing. over. Yeah, yeah, we started yeah. playing. I know you could probably they've sat back a little bit, but we have got to we've got to sort that out. Mm. Just before we come to grounds, bring these in. Um, thank you, Liam. Indeed, mate. Cheeseburgers all around. Oh. Thank you very, thank you very much indeed, sir. One each from the Euro Saver menu. Uh, this hey, one coming yeah, in. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mega Big Macs at the moment, but anyway, very <laughs> nice. Yeah, thank you. This one coming in from where's it gone? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? I hate, I hate the I hate the way it moves on. This one from Will. Welcome back, Graham. Uh, lads, do you think that uh, do, how did Lacker not get a penalty after Fabianski took him out, especially after Kane last night? I'm going to come on to that one, mate. Definitely coming on to that Ooh, one. Yeah. Um, welcome back, Graham. We haven't heard your. We haven't heard your. Uh, your thoughts on Mikhail Arteta thus far this season? Take it away, mate. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about the manager. <laughs> First question you're sending me, uh, uh, setting me up like that, mate. Um, I will. I will talk about the uh, what I think that the manager did wrong and right yesterday. Um, I think the first thing I want to say is that I just think mentally we're not a league team. Mm. I just feel we're not a, a league team. We're a club in transition. And the league table doesn't lie where we are. Um, but if ever a game summed up Arsenal's season, that was it, wasn't it? Only Arsenal could go from their best ever performance against Tottenham the previous week to a complete car crash shambles in the first 35 minutes that like they did yesterday. So Arsenal, wasn't it? You have to question Arteta, though. Uh, it's his responsibility to set the team up with the right attitude, to set the players in the right frame of mind 
And for some reason, they weren't at it yesterday. They were, they were like third best when there's only two teams in the, on the park. And as uh, uh, I think it was Lee said, uh, the tinkering with his team selection didn't help, you know, playing square pegs and round holes, trying to accommodate Aubameyang in the team on the right and Saka on the left. When Saka's been brilliant on the right, Aubameyang should be on the left. And uh, I think they said it, he did it because it was tactical, but I couldn't work out what it was, to be honest. But I will give Arteta some credit for recognising it and sorting it out uh, mm. and obviously give the team and Arteta credit for an outstanding fight back. I thought tactically in the second half, if we're looking at tactically at this match, we were incredibly well helped by David Moyes. David Moyes basically allowed Cresswell to be two on one down that uh, their left-hand side, our right-hand side, where basically uh, Chambers was uh, getting forward and Ingard wasn't tracking back. I could see that. I kept thinking he's bound to do something about that, but it went on the whole game and all our crosses were coming in from that right-hand side. And I think after a terrible start yesterday, Callum Chambers uh, got better in the game and uh, he had two assists and was quite brilliant going forward. And I think the big, bigger story is what's happening with Hector Bellerin. I know Dan's going to be happy about that because last time I did a pod with Dan, we argued over Hector Bellerin, the only thing I think we've ever argued over, me and Dan. So I just don't know what's going on there. You know, Chambers getting the nod there. And I, I was questioning that at the start because Chambers was awful at the start of that game, but he got better as the game went, went on. I thought Lacazette was immense yesterday. Hmm. But it was uh, noticeable that it was Odegaard uh, who basically the senior players were going to to turn that game. He was the leader uh, who dragged us back into that game with a superb performance. Yeah, I got slaughtered on Twitter yesterday for a quite innocent comment, you know, about Odegaard's performance. I, I said that he was everything that we wanted Ozil to be. Yeah, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't talking about Ozil's career, and I'll make that quite clear tonight. Uh, you guys know that I think Mesut Ozil is an outstanding footballer. He's one of my favourite Arsenal players ever. I feel privileged that I watched Arsenal, uh, Ozil play for Arsenal uh, for all those years. Uh, so I was no, no way comparing Odegaard to Ozil in career. No way comparing Odegaard to uh, Ozil in uh, footballing ability at the moment. Ozil is a fantastic player. But I think what Odegaard did yesterday was what uh, Arteta has wanted Ozil to do in that team. And I noticed uh, Odegaard yesterday, the way he played, he was... He was almost like an eight and a ten combined, you know. So he offered us something different yesterday, and I think that's what Arteta wanted from Ozil. What he could, he said he couldn't get out of Ozil. I mean, Odegaard pressed better than anyone yesterday. He tracked uh, runners, he tackled better. Only Mario, I think, had better, more tackling, better numbers than him, and he also passed more accurately. And he showed those leadership qualities that dragged us back in the game. I've got his numbers here for you, Craig. Um, you love my numbers, don't you? So you missed Go this. So Odegaard yesterday. Game by numbers be West Ham, Craig. 93% pass accuracy, 95 touches, 16 penalty area entries, the most, nine crosses, the most, six duels won, five touches in opposition box, four take-ons, the most, four chances created, the most, three shots, two fouls won, and one shot on target. And as Lee said, Party was playing it through the lines to him, and that was a quite a good partnership for us. Party's numbers yesterday, he contested most duels, 14 ball recoveries, joint most tackles. I get it that he's not quite at the level yet that we know he can be, absolutely 100%. But, you know, I think we have to give credit for the team for the fight back, and I give credit to Arteta. I think um, he's what he's got to do with this team, I'll, I'll close with this. We are terribly inconsistent, Craig, and he's got to get the consistency. He's got to work out why we're so inconsist- inconsistent, and get the team playing more consistently. And that, I think, is 
what he's got to do more than anything else. But anyway, nice to be back. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, abs- it's an absolute pleasure to have you back, mate, to be honest with you. Um, absolute pleasure indeed. This one coming in from TSL uh, before we move on. Arteta has underachieved in three or four, three out of the four competitions. He deserves the sack uh, unless we win the UEFA um, Europa League. I'll trust the process when it takes us forwards um, and not backwards. Uh, an opinion there coming in. I want to talk about this picture. I'm going to show you all the picture now. And if anything sums up Arsenal at the moment, it's this picture. I got a picture of you. Look at the state of this. Jesse Lingard is just about to play a ball down the wing to Bowen. Thomas Party back to the ball. Tierney, back to the ball. Granite Jacker not looking at it. Zaka giving out to the referee. And Burnt Leno looking at... So I don't know what he's looking at. The only two players there... Um, Chambers and Louise looking towards the ball. Now, Dan, that stuff is schoolboy. That is schoolboy football. You never turn your back on the ball, whatever's happening. Now, why I show that picture is because I think this sums up, well, it certainly summed up the first half mentality um, of this team yesterday. What do you think that Mikhail, I've lied in bed last night and I was thinking, is he, does he keep chopping and changing the team because he's trying to see what he's going to do next season. What's his strongest team? Does he keep chopping and changing it for those reasons? Keep playing people here and playing people there, giving this fellow a chance, giving that fellow a chance? Is it because he knows that the league is done? Um, there's not much, you know, there's not much chance of us finishing any higher. Would that be running through his mind, Dan? Is that a reason for all these chops and changes? I think, like I said earlier, he knows some of the positions that he wants to keep players in. <clears throat> Whether you agree with it or not, he sees Chaka and Party, he sees Tierney, um, he sees Saka, he sees Leno, he sees David Luiz. But there are some positions that, for whatever reason, he's not sure about. And that's why we keep seeing chopping and changing. That's my honest opinion, because I don't believe, I'm with Lee, I don't believe in this rotation nonsense. I really don't get that. I think that, you know, he has to believe that he has got an 11 that he believes in and he sticks with that 11 unless of course you have injuries or you have fitness concerns but I can't buy this every week there's a different right back and centre half and centre midfield the different winger there's a different centre forward I can't have that you're never going to gel as a team like that and as for that picture I mean on Sunday league when you play you're told give away a free kick get one of you to stand on the ball just one of you stand on the ball or if you can't stand on it then kick the thing away yeah just kick it away. All of them turn their back. And what I, what worries me, Craig, is people say, oh, it's the players, it's their lack of attitude. Where are they getting this from? Where are they getting this I don't care from? Because it must be from someone, somewhere, previous games, previous clubs. Where, where, where is it? Because these players, majority of those in that picture, we want to keep them all at the club, don't we? I want to keep Party. I want to keep Tierney. I want to keep Pablo Marie. That's free straight away. Everybody says that David Lewis and Callum Chambers deserve to be there. That's five players. Everybody likes Leno. That's six. Are any of those players? Oh, we've got to get rid of these six because they're dreadful. So those six players have all stood there and watched that happen. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a disgrace. And I don't know where that attitude has come from. And that's worrying. Now, if it isn't the manager, then where is it from? If you are the manager and you're allowing that to even happen on the pitch... 
the players have realised somehow that they're going to get away with it. And I honestly believe there is some truth to if I make a mistake, it doesn't actually matter because the manager will still play me. And that's what we've seen. He has his little favourites. Danny Ceballos makes a mistake, gets binned. Granit Xhaka does the same, plays the next game. Pepe can't get back into this side for some whatever reason. The minute somebody makes a mistake, doesn't matter, you'll come back into it. And I don't know that, that he's managed the squad 100% correctly in some of those um, scenarios. And I wonder if that has had a effect on some of these players. But as for that goal, I mean, what more can we say about it other than it's shocking, Craig? Mm, it, it was shocking. It was shocking. Uh, thank you to Pids there for the uh, kind donation of a of a cheeseburger and a diet coke for Lee. Thank, thank you, you very much. Indeed. I'll see, I'll see that he gets it. Uh, Harry, what do you make of Lacazette's interview? Uh, what do you What do you make of the fact of what he said about we didn't listen to the coach for the first half? What do you make he, of that? He's he's told the truth, and I like that he's told the truth because Mikel Arteta as a as a manager is one of the most intense people. I, I, I can't get on board with this rhetoric that this relaxed attitude comes from Mikel Arteta. The geezer's pacing up and down throughout the 90 minutes. He's so... You can see it on his... Anyone see that clip of him where he was doing that interview and somebody left the door open? Someone that gets that pissed off about something like that is not, um, you know, is not, not intense and doesn't not care. I think Lacazette was was right to come out and be honest. I think as a fan, you can appreciate that honesty sometimes. And I think it's needed to keep the fans on side. Talking about that picture as well, just to touch on that, I actually don't think that free kick should have been allowed to be taken like that. Because if you watch it back again, John Moss isn't even looking at the ball. He doesn't have a scooby what's going on. He's looking the other way and he's got his foam spray out because he's about to, to mark the free kick out. How many times over the years did we, have we seen players take a quick free kick, put it in the back of the net and the refs pulled it back? Yeah. For me, that free kick shouldn't stand. Arsenal should be more alert and Arsenal should be more awake. And if I was on the pitch playing for Arsenal yesterday and that goal goes in, the first thing I do is I'm in the referee's face asking why that's been allowed to happen. So I'm, I'm disappointed in the way Arsenal dealt with it, but I don't think the, the, the goal should stand, if I'm being honest. Um, going back to the, the Lacazette thing, and this whole thing, and rotation seems to be the theme tonight because it keeps being brought up. For me, it's all well and good saying, you know, people make a mistake, you drop them. But I think as a football manager, over the course of the season, you are going to need all of your players at some point. And I don't think that you can be that reactionary whereby somebody makes one error and you say you're binned and you're out and you're not coming back in. I don't think you can be like that as a football manager. I think a lot of the rotation... Is to do with is to do with the fact that this season has been a different one and challenging in so many ways. And I've got it up on my screen now. Arsenal have used twenty nine players in the Premier League this season, but they're not the only ones. West Brom have used thirty. Southampton have used twenty nine. Liverpool have used twenty eight. Newcastle twenty seven. Everton, Chelsea, Leicester. All of these teams have used a ton of players because that's the nature of this campaign. So uh, personally, I I don't understand the. The thing about the rotation, I think he's got a core of players that always play. The Lenos, the Luises, the Tierneys, the Xhaka's, the Partey's, the Odegaard's now. Aubameyang, when he's fit most of the time, barring disciplinary issues, is in the side. I think there's enough of a core for him to be able to rotate players around. And at the same time, what does that do? It creates a competitive environment 
within the group. And for years and years and years, we used to say about Arsene Wenger that there's no competition for places in this team. Well, now we've got competition for places. We're complaining about it. So for me, I, I, I just don't get it. I don't think as a football manager, your player can give one ball away and you can go, you can disregard their importance to your side because of that one moment of bad judgment and you can bin them off. Over the course of the game, you know, you've got to manage these players. They've got to believe in you. You've got to believe in them. You have to show a degree of trust. And I just don't I just don't really see the issue with all of that, if I'm honest. Lee, what what did you make of it? What did you make of those um those comments that Lacazette made after the game? Well, I think like, you know, what what they're saying is he's basically saying it's down to the players and not the manager. You know, and um uh, for for whatever reason, they just didn't come out, you know. And this is the trouble with the with the t- the, the team. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm going to you know I agree with uh, Harry slightly on some things there. Like Mikel Arteta, look at the state of his face when when we were two or three now. He was fuming. He was absolutely fuming about that. Like, and I'm going to give him credit here. He must have gone in there at half time and really put them to mm. task. He must have done because they, uh, because they come out a different side. And and that wasn't acceptable. And I I think from his point of view, he couldn't believe what he was seeing there. Like you know, also like the, the thing about the free kick, should it be given or not? I take it John Moss was the one with, with the diabolical one against West Brom a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Like so, there, he's under pressure because of that. And this is the this is why people like him shouldn't be refereeing no more. Because whether you think it's right or whether you think wrong, he could never ever ever disallow that goal because of what happened a couple of weeks ago. He was under too much pressure. But in saying that, put the put it up again. There's there's all those players that have got it wrong and all that like ultimately, even though they got it wrong and they weren't switched on, it's a routine save for the mm. goalkeeper. A absolute routine save. And he didn't, you know what I mean? Now Leno had a poor game. Again, it's not the first time. He keeps having lapses of concentration in games. Things that are going wrong with him, but this is this is why the team's like that, you know. And I'm not having a go at Leno here when I'm saying that he's just that he's making the mistake, and ultimately it's down to him. I, you know, you can blame all those players for for having their back towards it. Like I think at the end of the day, give a bit of credit to Jesse Lingard and and, the, and Bowen as well. They were quick off the mark, you know, bit quick thinking, and and it, it, it out, outdone us. And, and and listen, we've all been done with a quick free kick before and that don't don't ever say like you know that you've not because we have done you know it's just one of those things that happens but somewhere along the line someone gets you out of trouble helps you out you make a mistake we make mistakes and we all get punished from because there's no one taking responsibility i look at that yesterday and and and, and what worries me about that is if you have a look at that there's not one of them, I think, maybe Saka is a, is a teenager. The rest are all experienced with a lot of a lot of ex- international footballers. I, I see Partey there. I see uh, Granite Xhaka there. Uh, Tierney was there as well. Like you know, they, these are players with a, international experience. They've been caught out. They've been caught out. But ultimately, the goalkeeper should you know control that with his um. He didn't you know? It's a poor pause. Bit of say. I thought he was poor all game yesterday, Leno. There was one that the Antonio, is it the Antonio one? He should have come out for uh, when um, the player went through. He miscontrolled it, went about five, ten yards in front of him. He stood on his line. Oh, but he comes running out on his line when uh, when he's outside the box and stays on his line when he's in the box. Unbelievable. But listen, I, I, I honestly think, you, you know, 
you can have a go at Mourinho the other day. He turned around and said to his players, whether you like it or whether you're not, he turned around and said, I told my players what to expect and what not to, and they let me down. Lacazette has done the other thing, come out and said, I, um, the manager has told us what to do and the players have let him down. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing that the, that the player has come out and, and basically backed the manager and said to him that he's not going to take the blame for this. We're going to take the blame. And, you know, if you look at certain players in that team, now Lecazette, to be honest, could have a real big beef with um, Arteta if he, if he really wanted to. He's been left out on a few occasions when he when he hasn't been, when he shouldn't have probably been done. And he's also, uh, you know, negotiating, maybe because he wants a contract, I don't know. But he basically is, he can come out there, he could have uh, said nothing, but he did. I thought we backed the manager and I think that was a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Graham, we're getting some questions coming in there, mate. Um, I want to bring this one in for you. This one comes in from Connor. Thank you very much for your kind donation, Connor. Uh, regarding consistency, Graham, is it difficult to be consistent with a squad littered with unreliable players? Uh, surely it's a personnel issue. Well, I think what Connor says there is there's an element of truth in it. Uh, we obviously know we need to upgrade in certain areas, but I, I, I think that... Um, a lot of the errors are going on. It's, it's, I don't, it's basically because he's, if you're chopping and changing the team continually, like he has done, I don't think he knows his best midfield pivot combination. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, and uh, I, I think if you're constantly changing the team, players are used to certain ways of playing, certain systems, and, and players play better and better than the positions they're used to playing. If you're constantly changing it around, I think that leads to players not being familiar with situations, not having confidence in certain players, and it leads to mistakes. So but that's that's my take on it. But there are some unreliable players in this team. We have been seeing mistakes uh, from certain individuals. We know we've got upgrading in certain areas. Um, so, But it is very much Mikel Arteta's team now. I think you have to say that. He is getting in the players that he wants. Um, so in answer to the guy's question, there's, there's a bit of both in that. There's a... The fact that he's tinkering is not helping, is leading to these errors. But there are some players making bad mistakes. And I think whether that's uh, because they're mentally not switched on, uh, is it because uh, their attitude or, you know, because you have to question where we are at the moment. We're in the, they went into that league game, ninth attempt in the league. We, if we'd won to, uh, yesterday, it would have been a, an outstanding week. We would have beaten Tottenham. Tottenham, for me, was our best performance of the season. And although we lost to Olympiacos, we, we didn't deserve to lose that game and we went through. So, but I think with the league, the way we are, I think for some reason, players are more sloppy. I think we developed into a cup team, Craig. And I think, um, you know, and I've had a chat with Dan. This is why I was so peed off when we rotated like we did in that FA Cup game uh, when we went out the FA Cup. Because I think cups are always our best route at the moment to win things. Uh, but in terms of the guy's question, there are basically lots of players in this team not good enough. I think Dan's made some great points in pods that I've watched lately about that there are certain players not good enough. I'm not going to name them because obviously everyone's got their own opinion. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think um, when he's constantly tinkering with the side, it does mean that players are unfamiliar with certain situations, certain players at least to mistakes. Absolutely, mate. Dan, this one comes in from um, Jashir. Thank you very much, sir, for your kind donation. He says, fellas, since the start of January, the goal-scoring trend in the Premier League shows our inconsistency. 9-4, 2 against, 4-4, 3 against, 4-4, 4 against, 4-4, 1 against, 
one for one against and two for three against. Um, considering we're supposed to have the third best defensive record in the league, Dan, that's uh, quite telling, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it is. East five five and so far four five four. That's all I can hear. Um, <clears throat> I think. Um, I think when you look at it, I look at the. Uh, defensive situation, um, and I've, I've been agreeing with everyone. I think defensively we've been a lot better, and then we go and do that, and you think, oh come on, boys! Like you know, the last time we conceded three goals was against Aston Villa back in November or whatever it was, um, and we were seeing under Wenger and Emery threes and fours going in. So a lot of people were, I was getting on side with that, you know, um, but we still got it in us, you know, and it's just inconsistency is the word I keep hearing, and it is fine to go and win the North London derby. But it's not acceptable to be 3 0 down at half hour against West Ham. And that is what this side is at the moment. And, you know, what Connor says there previously in terms of some of the uh, performances, and I'll pick up on what Graham said about some of the individuals. I think there are five or six positions that could easily be strengthened in the summer. Now, I don't, not saying we're going to do that because I don't know what finances we've got, but we need to get at least three or four in. If we want to move forward, because for however long we're going to have these individuals in our side, we are not going to move forward. And I know that Harry and me disagree about David Luiz and Granite Xhaka and Bellerins and people like that. They are at the moment who he is picking and it is not working. So we need to try to progress and upgrade on those individuals. Lacazette and Aubameyang have had absolutely dreadful season uh, in some of their games. Their stats, however, when you look at their goals, uh, their goals isn't shambolic. So it does mean that we can score goals. And what it also means is that we can create chances. I don't understand what has happened to our finishing this season. We seem to have four or five individuals in this side that need a year's worth of shooting practice. Yeah. We've seen Lacazette mishit places. Aubameyang's not been on fire this year. Saka. He needs to improve his end product. And I know that he's 19 and he will come better, but he really needs to sort that out. That's an easy slot finish home yesterday. And he just taps it at the keeper. Needs to sort that out. Pepe, how many chances has he missed this season where he's gone through and fluffed his lines? That isn't down to the manager. That is down to the players not being good enough. So there's a bit of both, in my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of this manager. I don't like what I'm seeing. I look at the league table, and I think that we need to improve rapidly in the league, and we need to go as far as we can in this Europa League competition for me to start feeling convinced. At the moment, there's still a long way to go, Craig, and some of these players ain't up to it. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just bring this one in from Unique79. Thank you very much, mate. That's very kind of you. Thank you. He says, screw the burgers, have a bit more class and eat some pizzas. Oh, I love thank pizza you. as well. Yeah. Pizza. Thank you, Unique79. Love a pizza. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks. Thank you very much indeed. Harry, a lot, of people, yes, a lot of people yesterday um, on social media were saying that it's Lacazette that should have uh, deserved the contract um, and not a Bamiyang. What have you got to say about that, mate? Uh, I mean, I love Lacazette for his effort. I love Lacazette for his work rate. I think he does bring more to the team in terms of our build-up play. But you look at the, the two players' goal records over the last couple of seasons and they're incomparable. Um, you know, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, for all the stick he's getting this season, and I've given him some stick because I felt at times he's, he's not been good enough, but he's still got 14 goals in 31 games this season, which is almost one in two. So, you know, for me, look, Lacazette is great in the build-up, but he's not at the level we need either. And I think that actually what Mikel Arteta is probably after, and I'm judging this based on 
the playing style that we've seen emerge since Christmas, is probably someone who's a little bit in between the two. So somebody who can play with their back to goal, but also is willing to run in behind. Because I think that's why at times he's left Lacazette out and he's gone with Aubameyang in the centre-forward position and vice versa. Because I think in different games, he feels we need something different. And having someone who's a bit more of an all-rounder, someone who can run in behind, but also has that physical uh, presence in the box so that you can hit them from crosses, so that you can uh, receive the ball on the edge of the box and hold it up, I think is important to Mikel. And I think he'll be... I think he'll be looking for a striker in the summer. I really do. Um, what happens with those guys? I don't know. It's difficult to say because, you know, Lacazette has got a year left on his contract after this one. If an offer comes in, would you sell him? You probably would have to think about it. Balogun could be off. Enketia could be off. It's, it's, it's a situation for me, the striking situation. That's very unclear for Arsenal. But I'll tell you this. None of them for me are irreplaceable. And if an offer come in for a Bamiyang this summer, of a decent amount of money, I will consider it. And that I'm doesn't mean that doesn't mean that giving him the contract was a mistake because that contract is what's going to ultimately allow us to get a fee in for him. So that wasn't a mistake. But I just I look at the team, I look at the evolution of the team, and I look at the way we're trying to play now. And I don't think he quite fits. And that's why I think you're seeing mm. him shoehorned on the left. Yesterday I think he played on the right to answer that question because Callum Chambers was behind him. And I think that Arteta looked at it and goes, well, t- we need Tierney to bomb on. If one of my fullbacks is going to stay, I'd probably rather it's Chambers, who I've put in because of these aerial ability, etc. And I think that's why he done it. Um, I think that's why he thought Aubameyang would be better on the right-hand side. And actually, when you look at the record and you look at the stats, Aubameyang's actually scored more goals from the right than he has from the left. I know it's a smaller sample of games, but the ratio is better. So... I th- I just think that with Aubameyang, he's got a captain, he's got a highest paid player, he's got someone that's dug him out of a hole so many times, not just the football club, Mikel Arteta, because Aubameyang essentially won him that FA Cup, which has earned him so much grace with the supporters. So I think he's just in a situation where he's trying to shoehorn the guy in every week to find a way Harry, to what's a, Harry, what's, a, what's an acceptable bid to accept for Aubameyang, do you think? If somebody came in with £30 million, I would take that. And I know it sound, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you're talking about someone who is going to be 32 by the time next season starts. Um, I, you've also got to take into consideration that the, the clubs in Europe that you would think would be interested aren't going to have the spending power that they would have had in years gone by. So I, I think if, if he can get some money in and go and get a striker, not because I don't like either of those two, but just because I feel like someone who fits the mould a little bit better would be a bit more effective. And and then we would have a settled striker instead of shifting it around every week, depending on our opponent. Brilliantly said, mate. Brilliantly said. Um, Lee, this one, I'll ask you this one here now. This is from Adam. Thank you very much, Adam. Evening, lads. Great, great show as per normal. Have we got carried away and forgot that there's still dead wood? January didn't solve anything. Give Arteta time. Well, I think we got rid of some of it there. I, I don't. I, I agree with what Harry said. I don't think that that Mikel is quite happy with what is going on up front. I think that he's looking for someone that can do both. Um, whether he's looking at maybe even Martinelli being able to do that because he, but he hasn't got the physical powers at this moment in time to do it. But he's one that can drop off and, and play, and he can also uh, um, go in behind with with pace. So it's something that we could look to do. I, I think that. You know, um, I, I I agree with um, um, 
Dan, as well. You know, 10th is not good enough. The manager's under a little bit of pressure. But I, I honestly think that if you have a look at it now, we've got to, to get to the final, the Europa League Cup final, to get to the final of that, we've got to play either... Well, first of all, we've got... Um, who have we got now? I can't remember. Like, it's gone out of my head. Like, Slavia you know, Prague. We've got... So, so, at the end of the day, Prague, right? And then you've got, like, Villarreal or Dynamo Zagreb. To get to a major European final, that that is like, you know, God coming around and saying, yeah, look, I'm giving you a great chance to get there. You know, all the other big guns are all on the other side of the draw. It works out perfectly for us. So there's a chance for him to do it. And I agree with what Graham's saying. Cup side, go, go for it. And I, do you know what I think that he will do? And I think that why he's in that Europa League and while we're in that, you can't really go too much on it because at the end of it, you know, we're... We're all going to see. What's the most important game coming up for us? Liverpool on, on the Saturday now, because it's changed from the Sunday to the Saturday, which is a favour to us. Or, or do we go? Uh, or, or the Thursday's game against Barcelona? It's the Thursday game, so we have to be realistic at the moment. That's the priority at the football club. And I know, as bad as it was yesterday, it's still the priority. And if he can get over the line on that. Then you know you'd have to turn around and go whether he's a lucky manager or not. He's won two trophies in two in two years. You can't knock that as a, as a, as a manager. You cannot knock that whether you like him or not. Now I see things wrong with with him as a manager. As I said, as I as I related to earlier, you know I think it was an easy option for him to to uh, drop Smith Rowe and, and use the old. Uh, um, rotation card. It's like a bit like get out free jail card in, in Monopoly. I can use that on this one here. But but ultimately, that's what he'd done for a Bamiang. But I, I have to say that the players, you know, he set that team up there. I can't believe that he, that was his tactics in the first 10 minutes to, to, let, to let West Ham run all over us. Um, like, you know, and as someone just said in the chat, the Community Shield, you could say that. I don't really go buy into too no, much. It's not really that. a trophy, yeah. Yeah, but it's a trophy, but it's not not proper. But uh, in the end of the day, so he's won that as well. So I cannot believe that he went out there and, and said, right, I tell you what, let West Ham have all the first 15 minutes and take Because I've watched us against Leicester in the, in the last game, watched us against Spurs, take, take control. Now, what really annoys me, right, is that every single player that played against Spurs did not go out there with that attitude what they did against West Ham. And that is the difference with this yeah. team at the moment. The players are not good enough to not be 100% at it. They have to be 100% at it every single game. And for whatever reason, these players, whether they're arrogant, cocky or not good enough, cannot do it week in, week out. And that's where Graham comes into his point of being why you, they're not a league side. Because in a league game, you have to go to wherever you have to go and you have to be up for it every single game. Now, the manager can motivate you to a certain degree, which he can do, but you've also got to do it yourself. Yeah, now, It's easy to do it in a North London derby, right? It's easy to do it against uh, Liverpool and it's easy to do it against Man United because you're up for those games. But it's these other games that are not. Now, I'm not taking that away from West Ham because West uh, West Ham, by the way, and a credit to David Moyes, he has got his team up for every single game. And that is because he's got players that are perhaps not good enough, but realise that they're in a, a very fortunate position and will work as hard as they possibly can to be, 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 be a Premier League player. And that is the failings of these players. 
I think that just coming in quickly on what uh, Lee was saying there, Craig, I think attitude in football is every bit as big as ability. If you haven't got the attitude, it doesn't matter if you've got the ability. You've got to have the right attitude. And I think that these players, some of them haven't got it. But we've seen at Arsenal for years, haven't we? This sort of like weak, soft, underbelly mentality where they can't get up for every game. You know, I think they are comfortable, too comfortable. And when you're a big club like Arsenal, you shouldn't be comfortable. And uh, the fact that they are speaks volumes. And we are a club in transition. And, we, and until we change that, until he gets the team more consistent, until he gets the players' attitudes right, where they go onto that pitch, like Lee said, and give it 100% right from the off, we're still going to keep getting these inconsistent results because yeah. we can be either really good, and we were really good on second half on Sunday, or we can be absolutely shit, and we were shit on those first 35 minutes. That is the worst 35 minutes I've seen of an Arsenal team this season. It was absolutely abysmal. It was terrible. Mm. And, but you wonder what, you know, Arteta can't be blamed for them for sort of like some of the things that went on, uh, like switching off for that free kick. I mean, you, you, that's just unforgivable. I mean, we love Kieran, Kieran Tierney, don't we? But even he was as, as culpable as everybody else. But I just think that, um, you know, I just think Arteta, I just wonder, and credit to him at half-time, as Lee said, I think he did get the players coming out with a better attitude. But what is it about these players that they can't start the game on the front foot with the attitude, the right attitude? And until he gets that sorted out, until he gets these players so fired up that they want to go out there and win every fucking ball, excuse my swearing, Nigel, we're going to keep getting these sort of performances. And that, that's what he's going to have to put, you know, do. Because I think he's under enormous pressure now, Mikel Arteta. You know? So, Graham, what, what, what has he got to do then? What, he's, like, he's four games away from a European final. How does he make sure that you know we talk about getting fired up and we talk about they can he can get them going for the he can get them going for the cup games but he can't go in for the league games? Why is it then he can get them? Why why is it he can get them up for the cup games? We're four, you know he's 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 basically four games away from a final. He's he's you know five games away from winning one from winning the European trophy. So what is it he's got to make sure? that he gets right in these next four games and the fifth one um, being the final. Well, look, I, 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 wish, I wish I knew the answer. I'd be managing Arsenal Football Club. But um, in, in terms of, it's clear that these players have got the ability to win one-off games. If you put them against the top side on their day, we, we can take any team. Well, yeah. maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Last yeah. season, we beat Man City, Chelsea in those two big cup games. We beat Liverpool in the league. So when, when we want to, when the players seem to realise this is a big game, we've got to be at this, um, they do it. But I just think there was an, I think there was an incredible arrogance there on Sunday. They, was. they literally sort of like didn't give West Ham the respect. You've got to give every single football team the respect they deserve. It doesn't matter if they're fifth in the league or 15th in the league. You can't go in with a different mindset, a different attitude. Now, and... and you know, I wish I knew the answer why these players are like that. Why they turn up in certain games and don't start quickly. Because we've noticed it before, they don't start quickly. And then all of a sudden, 3 0 down, and they're playing like champions of England, you know, as we were on Sunday. That second half performance was fantastic. A pleasure to watch. We were inspired, you know, led by Odegaard. But let's face it, 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 it masked the poor performance in the first half. It was unforgivable. And I, I just think in, in the, we are a cup team because I think we can win any game on our day. And the players know that we, if we don't win this game, we're out. Maybe they think 
league game. Do you know what? If we lose to West Ham today, don't win against West Ham today. There's 20 other league games to go. I don't know what it is. But if you want to win the league, as, as well as having ability, you've got to have the right attitude. And for some reason, it just there have been games this season when they haven't had it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I, again, agreed with you totally. I mean, I... Even at schoolboy level, I mean, Leah, tell you, you know, or Dan, Harry, you know, we've all played football at schoolboy level. Even that is instilled in you when you're 10, 11, 12 years old, that you've got to have the right attitude when you walk out onto a football pitch. So to see professionals not doing it, um, you know, it's, it's kind of flabbergasting. Dan, uh, this one comes in from Pamu. Thank you very much, sir, um, for your kind donation. Laka shows more captaincy than Aubameyang. Got to give it to him. Question, is Laka the type of centre-forward Arteta needs? I feel Lacazette is closer to Arteta's centre-forward than Aubameyang. Yeah, I think he's right there. I think Lacazette has infused some of, been infused by some of the youngsters around him and has had an OK season. The reason I think Lacazette is leaving is because I don't think he's going to sign that contract because he's going to want about 250k a week. And I don't think he's done enough to deserve those wages. I don't think he scores enough either, uh, if I'm honest with you. I'd be looking to try and get a striker in. I would. I'd be trying to look to go and get Edouard from Celtic or um, Wout Weghorst from Wolfsburg. He's killing it in Bundesliga. He's, he's scored, someone said he's scored 50 goals now in Bundesliga. So I'll be looking at those types. They're the kind of strong, big centre-forwards that can hold up play, but also good with their feet and know where the goal is, more importantly. Um, I can't see Aubameyang leaving. I really can't. I, I, I think he's our future for the next couple of years. I think that we've put that money in, got him tied down to that contract for that reason. Therefore, I don't see a change in captaincy. If there was to be a change in captaincy, it would be Kieran Tierney for me all day long. Um, I wouldn't give it back to Granite Chaka for sure. And I certainly wouldn't be giving it to Louise, who I think would be a bit part player if he does sign an extension next season. So that would be what I would do with the captaincy. I think it will stay over Bamiang. But I think that we do need an upgrade on Lacazette. And whoever we buy is going to be a risk, Craig. Signing's always yeah, yeah, risky, very true. you know. You don't go and sign someone and then know straight away they're going to go and get your 40 goals a season. They are going to need time to settle and stuff like that. But we certainly do need upgrades on certain positions. You know, I, I keep seeing lots of transfer rumours and I never quite get in, into them. But what I have seen of late is more of a plan off the pitch with Arteta and Edu. And that's the positives I can give to the manager mm. is more off the pitch than on the pitch, if I'm honest with you, because I think the recruitment has been better uh, since the Kieran Tierney signing. We've only had really Willian, I would say, and perhaps Ceballos, even though I know that it was, it was obvious for bringing him back he played well towards the end of last season. The Erdegaard things work. So is Mary, so is Gabriel, so is Party. Um, so I think we've had some good signings of, of, of that. So let's see some more signings in the summer because this side needs upgrading and needs to, we need to progress. Um, if Arteta wants to impress me, go and win that Europa League because, like you say, Craig, and Lee said it, that is an easy route. To the, no game's easy, but that's an easy route to the final if we want it because we should yeah. be able to, even with this squad of players, beat Prague and either Villarreal or Zagreb. And then let's see who we get in the final, whether it's Ajax, Roma or Manchester United. But if it is Manchester United, like everyone's saying, Arteta's already done some de decent work against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side so far, taken four points off of them this season. So on paper, it should be a good omen. So that's what I'm going for, man. All my eggs are in the Europa League basket for me. Yeah, I think, well, I think a lot of fans, um, you know, I'm certainly with you. I know weeks and I know five, four, five or six weeks ago, I was talking about getting the top four, but only because I thought it was realistic. And I thought that, you know, with winning a few, we needed to win a couple of games in that run and we didn't. So that, you know, that was kind of see you later with that one. Uh, Harry, one of the, one of the, one of the positions, um, Dan would be talking about, I would understand, would be a right back. 
Uh, looks like Arteta's made his mind up, I think, about Bellerin. Uh, argument for Chambers and Cedric to be rotated at right back. Could, could it be summer? Could it be the summer to cash in on Hector Bellerin? I think I think it is going to be the summer that we cash in on Hector Bellerin. There have been a lot of reports that um, Hector Bellerin wanted out last summer. Uh, there was a bid that came in from Paris Saint-Germain and the club didn't feel that they met Hector Bellerin's valuation, so they, they knocked it back. But from what, what has been reported, we understand that a conversation took place between Mikel Arteta and Bellerin about his future and it was agreed that if he stayed for one more season... Um, Mikel Arteta would allow him to go. So I do expect Hector Bellerin to leave Arsenal uh, this summer. I think that Cedric can do a job at right back. But, you know, relying on Cedric, I'm not sure I want to be in that position. I feel like if you're going to let Bellerin go, then I want us to go out and get a, a top quality fullback. The way we're playing under Mikel Arteta is, is, is so obvious what a big role the fullbacks have to play. And they have to be at the highest level. And you need someone who can match what Kieran Tierney does on the left-hand side. Now, Cedric, has, to be fair to him, he's, he's not let us down. You know, he made one mistake against Aston Villa. And I go back to that point I made earlier on about you can't just bin people off and crucify them off the back of one mistake. Every player will make them. But I think with, um, with Cedric, I'd be worried about what we had, not so much with him, but beyond that. You know, Callum Chambers did all right yesterday, getting forward, um, put a couple of decent balls into the box. But as Graham mentioned earlier, he was all over the shop defensively at the start of the game. And and I I honestly believe that had Cedric been in those attacking positions, he's just as, if not more, capable of putting the right balls into the penalty area. I think he's got a fantastic delivery on him. So I, I don't look at Callum Chambers and think that he is someone that I would like to rely on in the fullback position. Yeah, yeah. I still think he looks a bit awkward there. Um, and I think that, he's going to be useful going forward because of his ability to cover at centre-back, to play at right-back, to play at defensive midfield if you really need him to, like he did at Fulham. So I I see Chambers as a utility man and not as a not as an out-and-out right-back option. So if Bellerin goes, I think we need another one in. Absolutely, mate. Agreed. Uh, I think I, I have to agree with you. I think Bellerin's time at Arsenal is over. What about um, Hakimi, Harry? Yeah, Hakimi, you, you, you must know him. You do Syria. Is he decent? So, so yeah, Ashraf Hakimi is is a is a top wing back. He's a wing back though, um, yeah. and and he will get. I'm not going to say he can't play at right back, but I think Hakimi's attacking intent is is a little bit too much for him to play as a right back in a back four. He is all about bomb. He is pretty much all of the width in Antonio Conte's side at Inter at the moment. But you know, there's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes at Inter right now, and there's a lot of talk that they might need to cash in on some players in the summer. He's someone that could potentially be on the move because there are a lot of suitors, but I think there'll be a lot of competition. And I, I still, when I look at Hakimi, as much as I like him, I feel like he's a right wing back and not a right back. And I think that does make a difference. Lee, there was a question coming from Karen. I can't find it, Karen, but I did read it. So thank you very much for your question. Um, and Karen says, is there any chance that Arsenal are talking to Real Madrid? Um about about a deal for Odegaard. I, I've heard rumours there that we're going in for another year's loan. I've heard rumours that um, Zidane um, is going to stay till 2022, which is good news for us because if he doesn't fancy him now, he might let him go, mightn't he? 
Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. I think it, it comes down to the player. What what I what I'm hearing and what uh, whether it's true or not um, is that you know he was enjoying his time at Rio Sociedad, but they're not the big big club that he would feel that he was you know like fitted to with his uh, profile and everything like that. But he's gone to Arsenal and he's really enjoying his time there and he's liking what he's seen with the club and he he. His option would be to at least stay another year, like you know. That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, what they're saying, if a permanent deal can be made, then he's he's happy to do that as well. How much? So, how, how much? How much are we well, going to have to pay? I, I think for him? that may have even been said. I don't think it really depends on what he does now and what he does. Like, let's let's face it. Spanish football's like um, going to go financially. Is going to be struggling, so yeah. they, they, they can't be looking for massive amounts of money at the moment in, the, in this, this uh, age uh, of what we're going through. So I, I think, look, for if you was to say to me, look, we, we can get him for forty million, I'll bite your hand off for that. I think he's worth, you know, he's worth that because not only is he a good player, he's young as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but it, it, you know, the the, the the way, what I'm hearing and the waves he's making is that he wants to stay stay at uh, stay at Arsenal. Whether it be for another year or not, I don't know. Um, now, as soon as Zidane don't rate him, like, well, you know, they've got some. I've watched Real Madrid and I haven't seen a player like him that they've got. You know, I've seen Modric who's who's getting on there. So it's a little bit of a worry for me. Is that I think that you know he, his time's coming. I think maybe. Um, if we'd have probably gone in for him last year, or maybe, but I think that it could be now where he's, where he's. Do you know this? The, the thing is, where it is about time. Cesc Fabregas went to Barcelona when they didn't need. If he'd have stayed at Arsenal for another couple of years, then he would have gone to Barcelona and been a been a superstar. But he went when he did, when they still had those players there. Now it's coming now with all the guard where the the players are just getting a little bit ageing a little bit and it could be an opportunity for him to go. It really depends on what he wants to do. Now, I, what what I'm hearing, whether this is true or not, he's he's not been happy the way he's been treated by Real Madrid. So, yeah. that, that could be the case is that there may be that, that he's had enough there and he's thinking, no, I've gone to Arsenal, seen what it's, what it's like, a, a club that really wants to, to uh, invest in me. So, we'll have to wait and see. But, Ultimately, if he wants to come, I think now after what I've seen in the last three or four games, I think that we've got to be looking to uh, to get something sorted out of him. Can I? Great. Can I just quickly? Yep. Course, sorry, Graham, mate. Yep. Just a quick one on the Odegaard thing. Um, from what I've heard, Arsenal's preference is to get him on another year's loan, but with an obligation to buy oh, him yeah. at the end of that. So Real Madrid would be guaranteed the money, but just a year down the line. And also, it's interesting to note that Real, Lee's absolutely right. Zinedine Zidane does not rate Martin Odegaard. He's not part of his plans. So it actually suits us for Zinedine Zidane to still be at the club. And Real Madrid have got their eyes on Kylian Mbappe this summer. And they're going to do that in a they're structured They're going to need the money, yeah. They're going to do that in a structured deal. They're not going to pay it all at once. And I think if we can guarantee them around about 35 million euros, I think that they will they will do that. I, I really do. Yeah, Graham, you were Craig. going to say something, mate? Yeah, I was going to say, can I come in, Craig? Good evening, good you afternoon. certainly can, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, my, view, my view on it, actually, is slightly different to Harry's. Uh, I, I just wanted to say that, <laughs> even if it wasn't. Um, no, um, look, my view on the Odegaard situation <laughs> is I think the worrying thing is that I think his chances of actually uh, staying... Uh, grow in, grow increasingly 
slimmer every time he plays better. And that's my view on it. Um, mm. I think Real Madrid sent him out on loan for a reason. Uh, we know that Zidane doesn't rate him. Harry's right there. Um, and I think um, this is what Real Madrid want. They're putting him in the shop window. So basically he's out there performing and, and it'll be a bidding war for him. And so basically if they don't want to keep him, he can return to Real Madrid. Um, and if he plays well, the fee will increase anyway. But if mm. but they're getting him seen now by all around the world. He's playing for Arsenal and, and everyone will be watching his performances. Uh, and so there'll be, you know, lots of top clubs will be looking at this guy. And I don't think we'll, we'll be able to afford to keep him. And, and there'll be like a bidding war for him. And that, that's what I think. Uh, Real Madrid have been quite clever about this. Uh, they know that Zidane doesn't want to rate him. So they, they've loaned him out. And uh, knowing, I think that, there's a, every potential that if he does well, they could get some major cash from him. And, and I think uh, you're right. I think Mbappe is their target. I think Odegaard is a, would be the the focal signing for next season. If we could get him and he could build, start building, start building the club, start building the new team around him. then I think we're on to a winner for next season. Next season seems so far away still, but I know it's silly to start talking about next season. But it's just the way it is, I suppose. This league, this year's league title is... Oh, sorry, not the title. This this, this year's league um, is finished. I think I, I think Arteta is not playing around, but having a look at who he's got. Um, so when the season finishes, he can make some he can make some better decisions. But uh, we're going to leave it there, lads. Thank you very much to everyone uh, who joined us this evening. Over for well, one over five hundred. Look, uh, join us live this evening. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you to everyone who donated uh, this evening. It's very very kind of you, and it's very very much appreciated. Thank you to everyone who um, became a member this evening as well. It just leaves me to say, Dan, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, absolute pleasure to have Graham back. I have to say that. It's been uh, superb to have him. It's been lovely without Harry for a couple of weeks, but he's back now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm only joking, Harry. I love you really, mate. It's not the same without you, mate. Harry, thank you very much indeed, sir. Are you going on to another podcast after this? Or No, no. I'm chilling out tonight. I've already done two today. So thank you for uh, having me back. And... Um, in answer to Dan's question, I couldn't leave him uneducated for a third week in a row. And to <laughs> what, what Graham said, uh, um, it's uh, it's great to have Graham back as well. So, and, he, yeah, and I didn't it? know, I didn't know it was such a good thing, by the way. <laughs> Where's my judges? Yeah. Thank yeah, you very thank much, you sir. Very enjoyable. I'll tell you what, it's always nice to have Harry back because he does bring a bit of a uh, um, bit of balance. He does bring a bit of balance to uh, you know uh, to the to the uh, equation, but he's still wrong in me and Dan's eyes, you know. So that's it, like you know. So, uh, but uh, it's, uh, Graham, it's lovely to see you again. I know mm. you've had a tough time of it and all that, but it's always a pleasure to um, to see you and to chat with you about Arsenal. So, uh, and I'm just hoping that you're on the the right track now, and um, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I was, was going to say about that. I mean, obviously, my mum passed away 157 days ago. Um, I, I took my first breath next to my mum, uh, and she took her last breath next to me. And I think mothers hold their children's hands for a while, but stay in their hearts forever. And uh, that's one thing I've learned, really, because you realise what's so precious in life. And, and I think the one thing I've learned as well is Life is very short uh, and everybody should start being kind to each other and enjoy life. Respect friends 
And I think that you guys are friends to me and you've all been wonderful to me while I've been going through this. And uh, you, you are family to me and it's great to share a platform with you doing this, what you all do so well. So thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you, mate. That's um, that's really nice words. Thank yeah, you very much. We've, in a minute, Graham. Yeah, we, we've uh, we, we've got we've got your back, mate. We've got your back. You know that. Um, we've got your back. But we'll just finish on. Um, I've just got a text message actually, uh, Graham. Uh, and uh, Harry wants to know: Can you send a voice note into the group chat uh, of you going "Hello, good morning, good afternoon"? Because he wants to set it as his alarm on his phone. <laughs> he wants to wake up every morning to you saying that. So. Um, <laughs> if you could do that, that would be good. And we, we, do you know what? We'll all we'll all have it as our alarm. Actually, uh, so every morning when we wake up, we'll be hearing Graham first thing. Um, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Um, every time. Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening. Uh, question of Arsenal with me and Lee. Uh, we'll be back. Not too not too sure what time yet, but keep an eye on the Twitter, and we shall let you know tomorrow night. Uh, well, I say tomorrow night. It's early Wednesday morning. Don't forget the same old Arsenal USA for all you night owls out there and for people who um, are watching from Canada and America. You will have the same old Arsenal USA. And then on Friday, anything happening on Friday, Dan? I have plans Friday. Um, he has plans. Always. So Friday I will let you all know when he lets me know then. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously have got a game at the weekends and I'm not going to do preview for England's, that's for sure. But uh, I have a, I have a, I'll have a show on Friday. He's got a show on Friday. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, don't forget to keep looking on Harry's Twitter as well. Uh, lots of shows and podcasts coming from Harry as well while we're, while we're not doing anything. Um, of course, you can catch the judges. Go to uh, AFTV on YouTube. You can watch all these videos. Um, that's it, really. Until we see you Wednesday night. Has he got one with Sophie? What's that? Has he got one with Sophie on his channel? I'm doing. I I am. I am doing a a show with Sophie tomorrow. Like you know. uh, (laughs) Day, Grandpa. (laughs) Until we see you. Until we see. (laughs) Go on. Advertise it. Go on. No, no, not so. Look out for it. Like you know what I mean. So uh, was it first first dates? Is it was it? Yeah, is it your one? Is it? Celebs go dating. Celebs go dating. That's the one. I missed it up. Where did you go to your blind date, Judge? Um, I'm not telling you, like you know what I mean. uh... (laughs) Welcome to Arsenal Fan TV Love Island. Until we see you again, we will see you on Wednesday uh, for a question of Arsenal with me and Lee. Until we see you again, take care of yourselves and each other, and up the Arsenal. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.